All right, people, we got a situation here. Your daughter's gonna blow our whole deal sky high. You leave Maggie to me. No, Lisa. Not her. She'll hunt us down relentlessly, like a bloodhound mixed with a student loan officer. Hey, I can't leave this place. I get three square meals a day and trailer time with Springfield's craziest chicks. Hey, I got the most to lose here. I just printed up 10,000 business cards. How am I going to pass all these out before she catches me? Give me a call sometime. Give me a call sometime. Ah, oh, oh, here comes the panic. People, please. The only way Lisa can bust me is if she finds someone who can prove I was at that rap show. And I know just where she can find that someone. Let's go cover our asses. Wait, before we go, I took the liberty of making these embroidered conspiracy jackets for all of us. Wow, those jackets are beautiful. We must never wear them. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, the podcast where we're always keeping it real. This week we're here to review episode GABF03. It is Prankster Rap. I'm Dando. And I am MC Guy. What's up? What's up? Are you. Uh, <laughs> I've already said keeping it real. What's another one? Dissing? Have you been dissing anyone lately? Did you, did you diss the love of Louise yesterday for not. I would, I would never. Was she being <laughs> illin? Is that, is that the right term? Illin? <laughs> she, she would be. She would be illin or she would be ill. <laughs> Yeah, she would be ill, or she would be illin. Yes, as you can see, we are not gangsters. <laughs> as you can hear, I should say. <laughs> oh man, I actually had a lot of fun with this episode. I thought the ending aside, I liked the Wiggum uh, story. I thought it was a nice change of pace. I, I wish they had kept that change. I'm, sh- I'm assuming they just go back to being the norm, even though that story is not wrapped up by the end of this episode. I wish that they kept Wiggum as the commissioner and left Lewis the chief because. It's a change, but it's not a huge change, and it's one that they could have still kept going. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling that Clancy would be out of his depth as commissioner and would be sort of going back to his comfort zone all the time and probably, you know, muscling in on Lou's new position as um, as chief of police and, you know, sort of trying to throw his weight about in that regard. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he's police, but he's police adjacent. You're right, it does open the... Uh, it broadens the spectrum, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. definitely, and it's, it's just one of those little things where it's a slight change, but it would have felt... Like a big change at the same time, and it's just—it's a shame they didn't continue that aspect. But I also—I didn't mind the whole Bart playing a, like a, a fool on everybody, but I just didn't like the aspect in the sense that once we saw what the impact it was having on Marge, I was like, oh, this is just downright horrible. Yeah. There- one thing listeners will have noticed about uh, about Dan and I, we don't like it when people upset Marge. No, <laughs> so we won't. We won't stand for that. Um, so yeah, that was. I don't know, the one, yeah, slightly sour note in what was otherwise a delightful caper. Or, you know, sitcom 101 stuff. It's like, this situation's got out of hand. What are we going to do? So, um, yeah, that's right. I mean, it it, it, it added an, a note of reality that it didn't really, <laughs> that wasn't welcome. No, yes. no. I thought maybe the way they could have got around having it feel so bad would be that, Maybe Marge finds out Marge is included in on the lie because everyone's like, Marge, you can't tell anybody because, you know, I'm now the commissioner and Kirk's loving his new life and Bart's you know, Bart's going to have a movie about himself and blah, blah, blah. It's all working out well for everybody. You can't you can't tell on him. But then Marge is just like, I can't lie. I can't keep it in anymore. Mm-hmm. So you could have there where Marge is doing her... She's not feeling horrible because she thinks her son's being kidnapped. She just feels horrible because she's in on this lie. That would have been a more believable story for me. I would have been happy if Marge was in on the lie and went all in on the lie because, you know, she got paid off or something, you know. Oh, we actually, but Homer said he blew all the money from the Hollywood um, yeah. producers, didn't he? Of course he did. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be, it'd be great if Marge could be in on it. You're right. You enjoyed this episode, as you said, Dan. I'm, I liked it for the most part, and but here's why. I liked the story in between. I thought the whole thing, the whole deception that gets out of hand it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger but everyone sort of benefits from it i thought that was really great and i and i say this as someone who likes hip-hop as well i just felt that it was bookended by two bits that felt really un- uncomfortably wedged in it's like the kids the kids seem to like this rap stuff let's do something on that i mean 
I, I don't think they were quite that out of touch in the Simpsons writers' room when they were doing it, but... Oh, no, I can actually see them actually being like that. It would have been a sense of, all right, 50 Cent wants to do the show. Let's write a story to get 50 Cent in. And we already had the script about but you know, uh, wants to go somewhere. A phony kidnapping. Yeah. A phony kidnapping. You know, Kirk gets framed. Clancy becomes a hero. How can we make this work? Uh, Okay, yeah, oh, no, that, yeah, that's great. It's not quite there, but it's almost there. And then, then, then someone says, 50 Cent wants to be on the show for, what, three lines. That's what was disappointing <laughs> the most for me because he was used, I remember him being in all the marketing materials when it was in TV Guide, it was a picture of Bart and 50 Cent. You know, you go on the wiki page, it's mm. Bart and 50 Cent. 50 Cent, 50 Cent was everywhere. 50 Cent's on The Simpsons this week. And I don't actually recall ever watching it. I must have watched it because I was still watching The Simpsons at this point. I had no memories of it. But he's in it for like what twenty seconds, and I thought that's it. That's all he was. He, like that's sort yeah. of. I barely even call that a guest appearance. It's just him dropping one line. It would have been cool if he had been the guy at the end to say to Bart, "Bart, you can't do this to your mom, man. You got to come clean." Like it would have been yes. cool to just put a positive spin because the the outside perspective of gangster rap and gangsters is that they're no good. It's not like much at the start. No good, potty mouse yeah. and enforced fighting, blah, blah, blah. To have a gangster, per se, or a rapper, be the voice of reason at the end would have been a nice way of sort of tying that up and saying, they're good people. How about we sort of broaden our perspective a bit? We are looking at this with, what, 17 years hindsight. Yeah, this is 2005 so- when I think the way they portrayed the rappers here was very much how it was portrayed in pop culture in 2005. Pit my ride and all that kind of stuff. It was very yeah. much wasteful. That just, oh, we just throw parties. We just, we fuck our cars up. You know, we <laughs> fuck up the houses. It doesn't matter. We got plenty of money. That kind of thing. That was the perception to the white, the white folk in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back at it with a bit of hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a bit cringy. But then it's like, I guess stuff from that era was kind of cringy across the board. So, uh, when when did Eight Mile come out? 2002? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, and that was huge. Yeah. Well, 50 Cent had his own movie that was kind of his attempt to do an Eight Mile called Get Rich or Die Trying. Which I remember was Um, very popular, but just didn't quite hit the Eight Mile mark, did it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure it did well, but yeah, I mean, Eight Mile really caught on with so many people. Uh, And I remember seeing Get Rich or Die Trying and thinking, oh man, this is following the Eight Mile formula. To a T. Do you think Eight Mile worked because it was all the white viewers like, he's a white boy like me? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But here's the other thing. 50 Cent's had a, a, a very big screen career. Yeah. It, both on screen and off. I mean, he's the, I think he's the executive producer of the of the TV series called Power. And Power's got like three or four spinoffs. Okay. And it's been going for years. I think it's, it's about... Uh, it's either about the gangster trade or the drug, the drug trade or something. I'm, I'm sorry, I've never watched an episode. But I know. <laughs> you sound so white there. About the gangster trade or the drug trade. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't watch shows like that. But, um, but, you know, he's been in a bunch of movies and, you know, he's been behind the scenes in a bunch of movies as well. But uh, looking at Get Richard Dietrich, it's like, yeah. Eminem actually had screen presence. As well, he could. He, he wasn't a huge. He wasn't a great actor, but it was something about. Oh, I like watching you on screen. There's something. Yeah, you, you're right for this role at the very least. This didn't have that charisma. I guess you could say. Didn't it? Didn't quite have that that X factor. But I, I remember my sister just being obsessed with Fifty Cent. Like she loved Fifty Cent. She like she was she was never into Eminem, but Fifty okay. Cent to me felt like his main songs anyway were far more radio friendly than what Eminem's were. So I think he was the more appealing mm. to a parent popular rapper yeah. at the time. I don't know. It's just from my memory. I was never really into any of it, but I remember things like, yeah. I know in Candy Shop he says, lick my lollipop and shit like that, but he never, like, in the club- I think that's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you compare in the club as it's just a song to, I don't know, Real Slim Shady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Without Me or something. I mean, they're all full of- Stan. Uh, so, something ribald, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's amazing. We just said a little while ago, 50 Cent's not in all this much, and we spent a bulk of time talking about 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I was just disappointed that the main rapper in this episode wasn't a real rapper. 
It was just some made up character. No. I was like, oh man, if you're going to, like last week, you had all those athletes in. If you're going to do a rap episode, get some fucking rappers in. Like, get them all in. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm assuming it was Hank Azaria who uh, voiced Alcatraz. I'm looking up here. Alcatraz on the Simpsons wiki page, he was voiced by, well done, Hank Azaria, correct? Yeah. It feels like, it feels like a Hank Azaria joint. Um, and Alcatraz apparently is loosely based on Ludacris. I can see that, um, yeah, yeah, just design-wise yeah, at least anyway, yeah. Yeah, who, you know, pretty successful hip-hop artist who subsequently cha-ching, cashed in quite nicely by appearing in those, in the in those Fast and Furious movies, appearing in what in the Fast and Furious franchise. Anytime a new one comes out, hey, there's Ludacris. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what Alcatraz was based on. I'm just looking up here to see whether Eminem ever, ever appeared in The Simpsons. Um... Flanders Book of Faith first episode appearance. No, that's just a book. <laughs> Love it if you've been in that one. No, it's not. A, it's just a book. It's not a. Um, it's not an episode. So Eminem's never appeared. I think it would have been cool to have. Imagine getting Eminem and Fifty Cent on the same episode at the same time mm. in two thousand and five. That would have been ratings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, all aside though, I th- I liked the story. I know as I said, it was bookended by a plot that felt like it was just thrown in for the sake of we need Bart to go somewhere and sneak out. But I liked yeah. Bart. And he's done this before, pulling a prank on the, on Springfield with the radio Bart, where he's a little Timmy O'Toole down the well. Hmm. This one felt different, though. Um, this one didn't wasn't playing a trick on all of Springfield. People were no. benefiting from this. Like, Wigan was benefiting and Kirk was benefiting. It was nice seeing people like Kirk seeing some positivity in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting story. And I think it could be done really, really well. I don't know. It felt like it copped out in certain ways. I don't know. It just didn't feel fully explored and fully fleshed out. I mean, I lo- the core of that idea that Bart causes trouble, the trouble is good for everybody. And everyone sort of has to work in unison to tell to tell this big lie that yeah. keeps everyone happy. I really like that. And I, I just wish it had been done... I don't know, ten percent better than okay. it was in yeah. this episode. It's not, it's not badly done, but it just feels like you could have tied it up a little bit neater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like I don't, I don't hate hip hop. No, I, I actually didn't mind the hip hop stuff in it. But you're it the felt- most hip hop loving white person I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but my hip, my your eighties uh, hip hop, early nineties hip hop. I'm yeah. I'm nineties hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I pretty much not checked out around this time, but I mean, I, I don't mind Eminem, but I've never had, I've never bought any of his albums or anything like that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm Public Enemy, Ice T, um, Beastie, Beastie Boys. Oh, they're not rap though. They're more they're hip hop. Oh, they're, 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 no, they're hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was really into this guy called Paris. Okay. Who had, I think he had a few albums, but he had like one album called The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, and here I was as this 19, 20-year-old skinny white dude driving around Geelong in his um, second-hand Renault with uh, these <laughs> very black militant <laughs> rhymes just blasting out of my car. I mean, Paris is very influenced by the Black Panthers and he was doing a lot of stuff about, you know, we've come for the... <laughs> This is a hold up, motherfuckers. We've come for what hours? It's like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> hey, my favorite. All right, what were your favorite moments from the episode? What I really liked the most was Ken Brockman. I loved him in this. You episode. liked, you liked I, I, that bit there. I was just like, I feel terrible. Like, just, <laughs> I know it's it's it's. He's making Marge feel bad, but he's just so. Don't you wish your son was never born? Bart's chocolate milk dreams were ruined by kidnapping fee. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole yeah, but the whole bit about Yeah, do you wish your son had never been born? That's a terrible thing to say. Well, maybe say this instead and getting you to do the promo. Oh, I thought that was so funny and Brockman was just so happy with himself. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Um you mentioned uh, Dana Gould doing the Barney Fife uh, thing earlier. I yeah. like that whole little bit. I had that as mine as well. Now you're a ghost. <laughs> That was my favourite bit. <laughs> where, yeah. I mean, I like the That's the can-do attitude that puts dudes in the can. <laughs> but then he starts, ooh, what, what you're a ghost now? I mean, <laughs> Clancy's sort of getting this nice pep talk, but he's like starting to doubt it. Yeah. Through, what are you talking about? Are you, are you the are actor? Are you a ghost? <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, and one one bit of the, the, of the whole hip-hop uh, subplot or uh, segment of the yeah. other that I did like 
was the use of the Flavor Flav clock mm. to determine what time it was there. That was good. Yeah. I like that very much. And the Thursday the 20th, which gets used all the time now in social media. <laughs> uh, I think I, someone tweeted that to us the other day because I asked about this episode if anyone remembers anything. And I was just like, the irony being that I bet you like at least 50% of the people who post that meme on the 20th are probably people who say, anything off the season turns shit. And I was like, I wonder how many people realize how many screenshots they post. Like, old man yells at cloud. That's from like season 14 or something. You know, mm. like these people don't realize a lot of these popular screenshots and memes down moments that we, Stupid Sexy Flanders is another one. That's after season yeah. 10. There's all these iconic moments that people use, probably more than many others from the golden era now. But they just don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, no, you said 50%, don't you mean 50 cent? <laughs> wah, wah. Use the sad trombone in there. Well, I really enjoyed from this episode where Milhouse is throwing the frisbee to himself. And it goes, <laughs> goes, goes, goes oh, this is just no, no, no fun with that, Bart. He used to watch me while I did this. <laughs> it was not a bad punchline to a bit that just went on like. But I think that's it- why it worked, because it went on and on and on. I was like, we get it. He's lonely. Oh, wait, no, he does this. <laughs> this is how he plays Frisbee. And Bart just watches him. I thought that was a really great uh, little... I just did not see that gag coming. It was a great little bait and switch. And I also really enjoyed, well, uh, who's going to be the Eddie? Oh, we didn't need an Eddie. Because <laughs> it's like, we always discuss, like, what does Eddie do? <laughs> what does he contribute to anything, really? He's, he's there so Lou will have someone to say something to. Yeah, that's what he's but become But yeah, Eddie now. never sort of initiates his own... His own lines or gags or anything like that, does he? It doesn't seem that way. The, my favourite Eddie moment is they're out at night time and it's when Bart's with them. He's taking he's, Bart's on like a joy, not a joyride, but he's, they're taking him on like a- Ride along. Yeah, yeah. And if they see Sideshow Mal ride past on roller skates and it's like, they only come out at night. Because <laughs> Nicola and I were in Melbourne for the week and our first night away from any kids in four and a half years, we had a night away in Melbourne. And I'm just looking around and I'm just like- they only come out at night because there are some fucking characters in Melbourne. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia now for Prankster Rap. But before we do it, Mr. Davis, I believe I have a few names to read out. Is that correct? That is indeed correct. Hit us with the heroes. There are our $20 patrons. Our $20 patrons who get their names read out on every single episode of not just Four Finger Discount, but all the podcasts we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network because we love them oh so much. All right. It's a lot of those episodes too. So $20 patrons are going to read out one Jared Howard, Christopher Trent Darby, Andrew Zerd, Jordan Moleman, Richie Steamham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support here on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. Remember, if you want to get your name read out on Four Finger Discount, you're just going to be a $5 plus patron at patreon.com slash discount. We do love the support from each and every single one of you. Remember, this is now our job. So the more you support, the more podcasts I can pump out into your ears each and every week. Not just myself, of course, the one and only Mr. Guy Davis. Now, Mr. Guy Davis, please just reiterate to, to the listeners how much we love these people. You're keeping the lights on. You're keeping the food in the bellies. We adore each and every one. Adore, admire, respect. Mm-mm-mm, that's good patronage. How about that? <laughs> All right. It's now time for trivia for pranks to rap. My first question is... What seat number is Bart at the concert? He's in seat seven, but which row is he in? Row A, front row. Mm. That's a pretty good seat there, didn't he? He, he did all right. Yeah. What's your first question? Uh, how long has it been since Ilan uh, was out of favour in hip-hop lingo? I believe that was three years? No, that or was, was that Disson? That might have been Disson. Okay, the other one was five, right? Well, no, no, Marge asked about Disson. I don't know. I'm so yeah. confused. I don't know any of them. What, what was the answer? The answer is 12 years. 12 years. Okay. My next question is, if you were to be catching the bus to the Murder for Life, is that what it's Murder for Life or whatever, the gig mm-hmm. where all the rappers were, Alcatraz, what number bus would you be catching? That's a really good question. And I wish I'd been paying attention, but I wasn't, so I don't know. So tell me. It's a number that Richie Beno, Benow, Richie Beno made famous. 22? 22, that is correct. Two for 22, yes. Okay. <laughs> What's your next question? Uh, what is Lou's pen name when he writes into the paper? 
Uh, worried in West Springfield. Correct. Not anymore, Chief. Not anymore. Well, that's good. Millhouse is at Kirk's house on what days? Oh, man. Oh, I'm, I'm sucking today. Says it on Don't the know. sign next to his room. Says Millhouse's room on Wednesdays, oh. every Wednesday and alternate Saturday. <laughs> you're, you're very good at catching those things. I'm, I'm, I tend to miss those. So. Well, I push pause. That's why. <laughs> I, I never do that. I do a bit of rewinding every once in a while. What is Homer reading when he's in the hammock? That's a gravy magazine. It's gravy something. Uh, nah, I've written right my notes. Can't be bothered looking for it. It's gravy something. It's gravy aficionado. Yes. Gravy aficionado. Yes. All right. Do you have any more questions for me? I have one more. All right. Hit me. What is uh, Clancy Wiggum's actual suit size? 56 huge. 56 huge. <laughs> I thought they were trying to just make him feel good. <laughs> that is trivia for Pranks the Rap. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our full in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. Okay, so the original air date of Prankster Rap was February bleh, February 13th, 2005. It was written by Matt Salmon and directed by Mike B. Anderson, two of my favorite Simpsons workers. We're going to be chatting to Matt Salmon in the very near future here on this podcast to discuss Simpsons season 34. Can't wait. Mike B. Anderson sounds like a rap name. <laughs> it does sound like a rap name. Mike You're B. Right, Anderson. I think Mike B. Anderson is anything but a rapper, but he's one thing he is, he's a gentleman. He is, uh, yes, I, I do enjoy me some Mike B. Anderson. All right, so the episode kicks off with Homer watching football, and he's not paying any attention. He knocks the, the remote into the food. The dog accidentally eats it, and as, every time it barks, it uh, changes the channel. Uh, ends up on sitcom Sunday, and Homer's like searching for the remote. Oh, this is not a drill, people, and I've just got here. This is so true. When you lose the remote, it is not the end of the world, but it's veering towards it. Very much so, yeah. It's like... There's, a, there's an instant state of panic when you can't find the remote. It's like, oh no, oh no! How do I access the smart hub? The way TVs are designed today is like I can't go up to the TV and sort of push up, no. up, 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 down, 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 down. It's like, no, the remote is. Yeah, I might as well have it welded to my hand. Yeah, you're in big trouble if you cannot find that remote. But Marge, he looks in Marge's hand. She has a photo of Lenny. I thought that's a very odd passing gag. There was no reference to it. After that, it was just no. randomly has a photo of Lenny in the hair. I was like, okay. I, I thought it was kind of funny in, a, in an absurd sort of way. But the TV keeps changing every time the dog barks. Lisa realizes this and he changes it to the, the Spanish Wheel of Fortune. And now we've got here Mel Gibson's Salad of the Christ. And I've got here this little gag was better than the entire subplot from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, that was better. They really went in on Passion of the Christ on the last couple of episodes, didn't they? Yeah. But yeah. Then, um, I don't think there was enough for an entire subplot of an episode like we did the last week, but I, I liked this. Just something short and sharp. Oh, yeah, we're acknowledging that big movie that's huge at the time. Continue. Yeah. And also VeggieTales, which is well, like a... Have you watched any of that? Do you know what that is? Like, no. VeggieTales is apparently like some Christian TV channel or production company or whatever, and they sort of like tell Bible stories with fruit and vegetables as the characters, okay. I think. Yeah. I think, I think they've... Sort of parodied this on The Simpsons before with the prunes, right? Sounds about right. Although the Cal- yeah, the California rains was raisins was a very big thing. Uh, okay, they- yeah. Is, but is that was that why Todd goes? I don't want any damn vegetables. <laughs> Could well be it. Actually. <laughs> but he tries to force the dog to bath, to vomit. He can't though. He keeps changing the channel. Ends up on the rap channel. The dog escapes. Lousy American-made dog. And Homer tries to chase him through the dog door, and he gets stuck because he's so. What's the term he uses to describe himself at this point? Voluptuous, voluptuous. Yes, I'd love to be voluptuous. Uh, I don't know. I think I think lean and mean kind of suits you. But Homer, yes, I said stuck in the doggy door, and unfortunately for him, Patty and Summer arrive and they decide to make him pretty. I remember a funny story. We used to have pigeons, right? Just stay with me. We used to have a lot of pigeons, right? Uh, called homing pigeons, ones that would never. You let them out, they'd never leave. They sort of just hang around the house and go back into their cage at night and daytime, and whatever, and just sleep and breed and breed and breed. But we had a lot of pigeons. And one time this guy was going to come buy some pigeons from us. Mm-hmm. And dad had never really met the guy. 
And he seemed like a bit of a brute. This guy's like, yeah, I'm going to buy some pigeons. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. And dad was sort of waiting <laughs> was for this Aussie guy. Was it Ozzy Osbourne about to bite the head off him? Oh, I have no idea what he's going to do. But I remember he was like, I'm going to come over. It was, it was Tuesday night. Cause I remember the wrestling was on on Fox Sports here in Australia. Tuesday night. And I'm going to come over and buy some pigeons. And he said this on the weekend. And Tuesday comes along. And the reason I knew it was wrestling night is because my mate and his dad were over, Rod and Daniel, used to come up, my best mate and his dad, used to come over and watch the wrestling every Tuesday night because we had Foxtel and they didn't. And we're sitting there, we're sitting there, it's about 8.45, wrestling just started and there's this knock at the door. Meanwhile, my dad had forgotten that this guy was coming, but he'd allowed my sister to paint makeup all over his face at the time. So he's just <laughs> my sister's like, I want to put makeup on your face, dad's like, whatever. So my dad had lipstick on, eyeshadow, no blush, the whole lot, the whole kicking beetle. And my dad, you met my dad, very unlike mm. my dad to allow my sister to put makeup all over his face, right? It's just like- Correct. Yeah, yeah. So he was just like, yeah, you know, makeup was all over his face. Pigeon man rocks up <laughs> to, to buy some pigeons. Dad's like, ah, oh, shit. So dad had to sell these- <laughs> these pigeons to this guy with a face full of makeup. <laughs> so I was like, it just reminded me of, for some reason, just took me straight back to that moment of my dad having to greet this brute of a man at the door wanting to buy some, buy some pigeons with a face full of makeup. <laughs> I'd love it if the pigeon buyer was kind of like, what are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he didn't. But anyway, we'll never know the ending to that story. But yeah, that just reminded me of that. Bart kicks Homer in the booty. He says after he gets his makeover, he's going to get him. And then he starts watching Hip Hoppenings. They're talking about the Murder for Life event that's coming to Springfield. And it's going to feature all these various rappers, including Assault Weapon Magazine's Man of the Year, Alcatraz. And I love yes. how Alcatraz has like three A's in his name. That's exactly <laughs> how it's always been. <laughs> Alcatraz. So Bart then starts using slang talk. And whilst it was good delivery from Nancy, it felt very like Eminem-esque the way he was delivering it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just yeah. felt very forced as well. It just felt like Bart has never really spoken like this, and now he's just all of a sudden into rap. I don't know. Just felt. But felt that's a what bit you like when you're ten years old, though, isn't it? I mean, you're sort of picking up uh, a bit of what's cool, or you, you know, your you, your interest change like you're switching radio station. Yeah, like Elliot literally, he had four different favorite movies last week. It was like <laughs> fucking Wreck It Ralph, and then it was the Smurfs movie, and then it was the Power Rangers movie, and then it's back to Wreck It Ralph, and then it's well, fucking- I hope he, it's good that he came back to Wreck It Ralph because that's actually a good movie. Oh yeah, Elliot loves Wreck It Ralph. He likes Ralph breaks the internet more because they did that whole thing of Disney like, hey, let's throw in all of our fucking um, licenses yeah. <laughs> into one movie. So it's just like, oh my god, it's Buzz Lightyear. Oh my god, it's Sonic. Oh my god, it's Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I. This is a weird coincidence because just, I think yesterday or the day before, I was like, I wouldn't mind hearing that song from Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It, No, 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 no. Sugar Rush. Oh, the Sugar Rush, yes. Jump into your racing car, Sugar Rush. It's really good. Rush. It's so good. We're literally listening to it on the way to daycare this morning. And I put it on again on the way home for myself. It's great. So there we go. S-U-G-A-R. Jump into your racing car, sugar rush. Good song. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible that we were both thinking about it in, you know, yeah. a, you know, roughly the same time. It's a weird moment like that you happened to us yesterday. Or was it when we were in Melbourne? Yeah, it was when we were in Melbourne because we we're, were driving. and we're, Actually, we're, no, we're driving the car and that song by Supergrass that, um, all right, you know, we are mm. young, we are green, mm. we're free. So when you, I downloaded that song initially in like 2004 or whatever, when you first used to download songs. <laughs> yes. For some reason, in the very first, dun, 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 there was like a sound, like a popping sound. So whenever I hear that song now, I can't help but just wait for that pop sound, even though it doesn't come. And I was saying to Nicola, there was two songs. There's that one, and then there was Why Can't This Be Love by Van Halen. And the start used to go, make that, that popping sound. So now whenever my sister and I hear that song together, we go at the same time because we're so used to hearing it. And um, it was just funny how I was talking about It's All Right, and I was saying how there's that other song, Why Can't This Be Love? And Nicola and I then went to Kmart, and the first song that came on at Kmart was Why Can't This Be Loved by Van Halen. <laughs> I was just like, what are the, what are the odds? <laughs> the, the Matrix is breaking down, people. This is the yeah. thing. <laughs> it was so funny. But, uh, but yeah, Lisa's making fun of Bart here because he's using outdated slang talk. And I've gone, oh, no, I'm pretty sure I still hear people say diss all the time, right? Or maybe I'm just outdated. I don't know. Oh, no, diss track is still a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was, yeah. Alcatraz is widespread. I'm talking to junk. Just what we need. Another lame suburban kid who loves rap. So, you like the blues? Yes, but the blues are unpopular. Man, are you illin'. Rappers stopped saying illin' 12 years ago. I'm keeping it real. They stopped saying keeping it real three years ago. Mom, Lisa's dissing me. Dissing? Do rappers still say that? No. 
Homer's then reading Gravy Aficionado and Bart walks up. Actually, this was in my favorite moments as well. I forgot to mention it. He asks if he can um, buy, buy a ticket. Can I have somebody buy a ticket? How much? $50. Go to hell. <laughs> just like, yep, yeah, just good parenting there. Yep, go to hell. But he says, what if I pay for it myself? He's like, yeah, just go knock yourself out. I didn't get the I love you too, Jerry. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was reading a Tom and Jerry magazine. Or no. Like just, I love you too, Jerry. I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah. So Bart's now, um, he's on his way. He's walking down the stairs. He's wearing his baggy britches and loosely tied gym shoes. Marge just refuses because, you know, rap music, it encourages punching and boastfulness and rudeness to hoes. <laughs> Bart says, no, rap is poetry of the streets. He says, Dad already said I can go anyway. And then they both do their rap about how he has flipped my position. <laughs> Anyone who's a parent's just like... You've had that moment where you didn't realize that the child has already asked the other parent and now you're yeah. the bad guy because you've overridden their um, their authority. So now you, you're like, oh, you little manipulator. You did it on the street, got your dad's permission, but your mom dropped a bomb, so I flipped my position. Don't argue with Marge. I know what's best. The only rap in this crib keeps sandwiches fresh. Fresh for fresh for mommy's baby boy. Baby boy, baby boy, baby boy. Now, I'm not sure if the same person did all the all the rhymes, all the rap rhymes for the, for every character in the episode. I saw in the end credits that uh, the raps were done by this guy named Boots Riley. Yeah, uh, from he, an he did the, the coup. He was of, he from the coop. Yeah, he provided the score. He did not write any of the lyrics, though. Oh, okay, then, yeah. Um, I was really surprised to see that because I, I interviewed uh, Boots Riley a few years back because he uh, transitioned to being a filmmaker. He made a, a really interesting movie called Sorry to Bother You, which was basically about how capitalism sucks, um, and it was very political. But, yeah, it was, it was, I found it really interesting. It's like, oh, 10 years before he uh, made that movie, he was, yeah, doing... Um, <laughs> rhymes and beats for the uh, for the Simpsons episode. Good on you, Boots. But he's outraged that they won't let him go, so he starts writing his lyrics on his little on his little notepad, and he sneaks out. His, his justification is, "Well, I pay for it, so I'm an adult." Comes back, "I love you, Quasty Wasty." <laughs> <laughs> he arrives on the bus at the Murder for Life event. Alcatraz is already playing. Bart gets into his seat. He's loving the event, and then the dancer. It reminded me of um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when Rufus takes off the woman bodysuit oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, she accidentally kicks the mic down towards Bart and Alcatraz here says, yo, cuz. And I'm like, okay, so that's where it comes from because I know so many just dead shit white guys from Karayo that I used to grow up with. You go, hey, cuz, hey, cuz. And I'm like, please don't say that. He is not your cousin. <laughs> no relation. No relation. Why do you guys say cousin? I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it was a rap thing. That's just how mm. out of touch I am. But these white guys used to think they were like their own cry version of Eminem. But like, hey, cuz, hey, cuz. Mm. I'm like, stop saying cuz. You look like a, you sound like a dickhead. <laughs> Thankfully, you don't know any of these people. I grew up. I grew up in the uh, in the streets, Mister Davis. <laughs> You're from the hood. <laughs> uh, Alcatraz disses Bart even though poor Bart's done nothing wrong but it's a good little diss there and Bart gets up on stage and raps the lyrics that he was writing in his bedroom and um, get, gets over with it doesn't he yeah it's, it's not it's not bad flow don't critique my technique I'm no geek I make the principal nervous my friends can confirm this I'll bust a slip wide in your epidermis oh no he did so he's now on the limo and he says his ride's very pimped out. And I was like, okay, so we've got to pimp my ride reference. But you no, know, where where is he? Where's the man himself? Where is Exhibit? Yeah. Remember when Exhibit played in Geelong that time? Oh God! Yeah, where did he? Where did he actually play? At the arena. Oh wow! Everyone was, and that was at the time when Pimp My Ride was still on TV, and everyone's like, hmm. "The fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing when like an act like that comes to Geelong. I remember when they announced the Foo Fighters early last year. Or it was early this year, wasn't it? Everyone literally yeah. shit their pants. They couldn't believe it. It's true. I literally shit my pants. Yeah, shit uh, pants. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. I think it was. It might have been Faith No More, and they played it like the Geelong West Town Hall. Wow. <laughs> like, this is like back in the uh, in the late 80s or early 90s, around the time of Epic. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you, why you guys? Why this venue? <laughs> it's like when Mr. Burns kidnaps Tom Jones. That's right. Everyone's happy. Just, just got a gun on their back. But now we have that um, that festival down the green. So a lot of huge stars come through. They go around Geelong and they play in- That's um, true. What's they it stay called? On the re- What's that called? That, that area? 
the Matt Denied. Matt Denied, that's it, yeah. I, I saw Sting was announced yesterday to come to play there. What, really? Yeah, the actual Sting. What, an, an upcoming down the green? The professional wrestler Sting, yes. Uh, what? <laughs> no, the singer Sting. What? No, famous for appearing in uh, Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> Correct. Oh, I didn't know that, and now I'm really happy because I want to go see Sting. Yes, he will be playing at Day on the Green. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, we're, let's wrap this up so I can contact the lovely Louise and say, let's get Sting tickets. Let's get Sting tickets. All right. <laughs> that, that, that's probably the whitest thing I've ever seen. Let's get Sting. He's a special and, kind of guy. And, and, that's coming from, and that's coming from Guy Davis. <laughs> uh, you should have seen your face change as soon as I said Sting was coming. You were just like, yay. <laughs> Lit up like Christmas. <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, so he gets over. He's, on, he's in the um, in the limo. He's got a downstairs wax museum of movie monsters, and I've got here. I want a downstairs wax museum of movie monsters. As do I. I, w- I want to get into that limo and then go downstairs. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> on who? <laughs> <laughs> so Fifty Cent then drives by, and this is it for Fifty Cent. It's it's a nice little cameo. I just wish it was more. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he offers, he offers to take Barton's world tour. He can't. He's got school tomorrow. Jeepers, it's 50 Cent. Yo, B, I heard you throw down on stage. Want to join my world tour? Sorry, Fitty, I have school tomorrow. You're right. The more you know, the further you go. And that's when to grow on. Does that count as community service? No. All right, take me to the park. We'll pick up some dog poop. Yes, sir. So I like that he was willing to take the mickey out of himself, you know, this rapper. I just wish there was more of it, that's all. Uh... Alcatraz then drops off Bart and he's off to murder some of his enemies. That's the most white guy written line ever. I'm off to murder my enemies. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> he then overhears Marge and Homer worrying. Although, first of all, I think he snuck out. So he thinks, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to How am I going to convince these guys that I'm, I'm, I didn't sneak out? But before that, though, I like that he's going to be NWA, not without ass welts. <laughs> Getting the NWA <laughs> reference in there. Bart then decides to fake a kidnapping. He throws a rock through the window with a note mentioning that, you know, you're going to meet the demands or you're never going to see Bart again. Did you like Homer here? A flying rock. Call a geologist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's stupid, but I, I just got to chuckle out of it. Marge reads the note and says, follow instructions. <gasps> follow instructions. He's doomed. <laughs> and then we get the Thanksgiving line, which I didn't really think was much. Bad news just keeps on coming. You threw two one too many eggs into that pudding. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, yeah, a, fly, a flying brick, call it geologist. That that's good. Just have that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't mind the he's doing, but yeah, the the, the call of geologist was enough. We come back and Rockman's doing his news report that you liked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> milk dreams funny. are cut short by kidnapping fiends. Thanks. But then just I just think it was just the reaction from Marge where it it's a funny line to ask somebody and if she responded in an angry way it wouldn't feel so harsh but when she just starts mm. bawling her eyes out I was like oh, you just kind of made it feel real now this isn't fun <laughs> <laughs> I can't laugh at Marge being terror like just traumatized that her son could potentially be gone mm. he makes her read the uh, the Win Hawaiian giveaway week on Channel Six and then. Wiggum, he's doing the press conference and he vows to find Bart. No, really, Wiggum, should we just plan for his funeral? <laughs> should we just plan for the funeral? I thought that was such a great line. Then he says, I, I, I caught that one guy, remember? I caught that one case. It was an episode of Columbus. Now, did they actually do this in Columbus? Told you who the bad guy was at the start? Not that I recall. Because I'm thinking, what's the point of a TV show if they give away the ending at the start? But it's like a it's like an episode of Law and Order. Anytime you recognise the guest, star, the guest like, <laughs> always, always, you did it, you did it, <laughs> <laughs> every single time. It's the same with um, we're watching Burn Notice. We finished it now, but whenever you, it was a guest star, I'm like, oh, that's clearly the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but Millhouse is then throwing the frisbee by himself, which I mentioned earlier. I really enjoyed. And Bart then arrives. And you can't believe it. And he comes clean. Bart says, "Look, I um, I need a place to hide. I need a place where there's no heat." Well, if you want a place to know heat, go to my dad's apartment. And then um, he takes him there and he hides in Milhouse's room. He says, you can hide here because dad will never know he's out He's out of work being a scarecrow. Now, Dando, before we go any further, yeah. remind me, did Kirk lose his eye prior to this? Or is, are we to assume that a bird pecked it out or something like that? Is that why he's wearing the eye patch? The bird pecked his eye. Yeah, because he's a scarecrow. Okay. Yeah, that's what I assume anyway. Then Wiggum arrives in his office. He's all sad. He's looking at all the newspaper headlines on his wall. Wiggum sleeps through riot. <laughs> Top cop surrenders to backfiring car, which I liked. Uh, firearm, <laughs> uh, firemen rescue police chief. Did you see the picture? He's sitting in the tree. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like no one's scared. The, the be- they saved the best slash worst for last. Yeah. Commission. Wiggum sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I should have read these headlines before I didn't put in these up here. But he realises that he's an absolute failure. And his only friend is the bottle. 
of syrup mm. and then he, he eats he eats himself to sleep and he has the dream of Barney Fife which I just I just really enjoyed this rise and shine Chief Wiggum this pity party is over well, officer down hmm Barney Fife Y-E-S spells you got it Buster and I'm here to tell you the feelings you're having are common for every brother of the badge well my fat grew over my badge Oh, sour mash. It's time for you to roll up your sleeves and get the old crime sniffer out on the street. You're right. I gotta buckle down and do some police work. Now that's the can-do attitude that puts dudes in the can. <laughs> well, I'm wanted back on the set. Set? Are you the character or the actor who plays him? Now I must go. Wait a minute, now you're a ghost? Avenge me! <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit, I just cracked it when he just. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. I really liked it. Yeah. Bart <laughs> then calls as the kidnapper. And Homer says, Send a finger in today's paper or we'll never believe you. Marge, like, No, 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 no. Just, I just want, and this is another line that I'm just like, Oh my God. Now I feel even more horrific. Which is like, I just want to tell him one more time that I love mm. him. I'm like, You're making this way too real. Guys, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, Kirk then arrives home to Bart. Paddock. Well, before that though, he's, he he Bart starts to realize he is shit. I've gone too far, Mum. Don't worry, please. But then he doesn't. He sort of doubles down. He's like, you know, but if if you try to do something, they'll kill me. And then, and then Kirk arrives home, so he, he hangs up the phone. But thankfully, Wiggum was tracing the call, and he mm-hmm. says, "We got to take this to the lab for analysis." We have a lab. Yeah, it's the room we keep our Christmas decorations in. And then it cuts to Wiggum in the um in the the lab. I guess you could say. I liked the visual of Wigan with his sleeves rolled up. It sort of symbolises he's putting in effort. He's down to work. He's yeah, going to work. Yeah, yeah. It was just nice for a change because Wigan's just become the real dumbed down cop over the last mm. few seasons. It was nice to see him putting in genuine effort and actually being good at his job. You okay? Yeah. The show is guilty of this on occasion. It will, it will overreach. And rather than have people mess up because... They're lazy or a little bit incompetent. It'll just go full throttle on. No, they're a moron, <laughs> and you know it, it sort of takes away the relatability. <laughs> Unless you're a moron like myself, but I mean, most people are a little bit lazy and/or incompetent at times. So you know, you can really relate to that as opposed to just oh, I put a spoon in my ear. Yeah, <laughs> actual actual line from someone. No, probably not. <laughs> 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 that's 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 why I never get hired for writing jobs. That's my go-to gag. Eh, I put a spoon in my ear. It, it didn't work last time, guy. Simpsons writing stuff like another triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do it in a love way? I put a spoon in my ear. <laughs> I put a spoon in my in my ear. ear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so he's, 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 he isolates the um the the audio of the background. He's like, "What does that sound?" He realizes it's um it's stovetop popcorn and his favorite brand, Chintzy Pop. So he says to Lou and Andy, "But go into the Quickie Mart, and this time it's not personal." <laughs> I like that. Yeah, they go down there, and Apu says, "There's only two people stupid enough to to buy this crap, and it is you and Cut to Kirk sitting in his undies playing video game poker because there was no such thing as online poker in 2005. Well, no. there might have been, but it wasn't a huge deal at that point. But just, I used to love, I, I remember when I was a kid, I had a handheld Tetris game and I played the shit out of that. What was your, did you have a handheld game? You, didn't your parents what? buy you one at an airport or something? Was that then? Well, they were the Game & Watches that I've talked about in the yeah. past. I mean, they're, they're the really old school versions. But then I bought a, I bought a Game Boy. You had a Game Boy. Okay, I had a Game Boy as well, but I didn't have the yeah. colour one. My friends had the colour one and I felt so pathetic compared to them because I only had the black and white old school one. <laughs> I had a very, I had a black and white old school one. Yeah, I played the absolute shit out yeah. of Tetris as well. Yeah. And it felt, it felt so modern. Yeah, the Game Boy as well. Yeah. Oh, you can put different games in there. Slot them in the back. Oh, cool. Yeah, I can take it wherever I want. So I had the um, I had the pocket, so it fit in my pocket. I had a big ass, so so the original, so the <laughs> big ass Game Boy. Yeah, and a big ass myself. So you know, it fit in my back pocket. <laughs> but anyway, so they they realise that it's Kirk. They burst in, and Kirk has no idea what's going on. What what, what do you mean? And they they find Bart. And William says, for once I did everything right. And Bart is about to come clean because he feels bad for Kirk. But then he's sort of just like, oh, wait a minute. He puts himself yeah. ahead of Kirk. He's like, will he get in trouble? Oh, we're going to sit into a dirty little cell. 
Not as bad as apartment, but, uh, you know, it'll be dirty. <laughs> Not as small and dirty as apartment, but pretty close. Bart then arrives home, and both his parents are thankful. Homer's going to get to take back the tombstone that he had made for Bart. And then we see Wiggum putting up the new newspaper headline that says, Wiggum saves boy. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Chief, we're sorry we didn't have faith in you. And I'm sorry I wrote those letters to the editor calling for your ouster. You're worried in West Springfield? Not anymore, Chief. Not anymore. Gets the parade, and then he, <laughs> throw more pedals. I almost stepped on regular ground back there. <laughs> and then Milhouse confronts Bart, because Bart, Milhouse is like, Bart, you fucked over my dad. <laughs> I don't get to see my dad anymore. <laughs> and Bart says, if you tell anybody, I'm going to tell them that you wet your pants watching Harry Potter. I wasn't scared. I was just ping. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse. <laughs> it's actually, I reckon that's a pretty badass excuse. Like, I couldn't be bothered going to the toilet. Just wanted to yeah. <laughs> I just pissed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we pause the movie, Miller? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, he just says he wants his dad back and accidentally knocks himself out with the gun and hit him on the head. And then he gets trampled. And I was like, Jesus, he really gets trampled. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, mean, a mean spirit sort of coursing through a lot of a lot of these episodes we've seen in season 16. I yeah. mean, not, not necessarily cruel, but it's like, meh. It's the family guy-esque aspect coming into it. It is. It is. We've seen this happen before to um to Sideshow Bob getting trampled by the um the parade. Of course. Mil- Milhouse didn't deserve it, though. <laughs> but it's always funny to see, and it shouldn't be, but it's always funny to see Milhouse in some sort of peril. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the most of which being the, um, the, the, the fugitive. I didn't do anything. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I think everyone's got a, a, they see a little wiener like that and say, like, yeah, you, you've got it coming, really. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's because we've seen him be a little arsehole as well. Like, like, there is that. Yeah. Anyway. A little creeper. <laughs> yeah, moving along. Wiggum has now been made the police commissioner. He's getting his suit measured, and they tell him a smaller size, 56, huge. <laughs> no, not 44 regular, the perfect size for a man's suit. Yes. Uh, Lou is now the chief, and then the, who's new Eddie? Oh, we didn't need an Eddie. <laughs> I felt bad for him, but I thought it was funny. Spartan then comes clean to Wiggum. Commissioner Wiggum, I need to confess something. Is it that you're proud of me? I lied about being kidnapped. The whole thing was a hoax. A hoax? A hoax? Oh, Bart, please, you can't take this away from me. How would I explain it to Ralphie? That kid can't understand where the world goes when you close the drapes. That was the best line of the episode as well. That kid doesn't understand where the world goes when you close the drapes. <laughs> then he explains how Kirk's life is now really good. You know, he, he likes being in prison because he's now loved by all the desperate women in Springfield. We sort of we cut away and we see that. And as you can see from what I just said, <laughs> everyone's a winner here. And Bart's like, you know what? You're right, Chief. Everyone is a winner here. Lisa then sees birds in the treehouse playing with it with a shirt up in the tree. Like, what is it? She finds it. It's the murder for life yeah. uh, event shirt that Bart was given by Alcatraz. She takes it to Homer. Homer says, I'm going to make sure this gets into the hands of the correct authorities. And he throws it in the fire. Because Hollywood has paid a fortune, which he's already lost, for Bart's story. So he must destroy all the evidence proving that it's a, it's a hoax. And throws his shirt in there and his pants. <laughs> just, I don't. It, it, the, the shirt worked by the pants. I was just like, ah, it's a bit much now. It's it's a common fault with this episode. Just one too many eggs and a yeah. perfectly otherwise tasty pudding. I did like the little payoff, though, though, where she goes to see Skinner afterwards. Wait, why did your father put his pants in the fire? That, that was it. <laughs> Lisa then says that she needs his help to expose Bart's lies. And Skinner says, well, since Bart is the second most wanted criminal after the mysterious Alberto... I'm in. <laughs> Wiggum is now living the high life. You know, the, 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 the shaves are warmer, the steaks are thicker, yeah. and he's just he's having a great life. And Lou says, you know what, Chief? Lisa Simpson came by earlier asking a lot of questions, almost like she's trying to uncover a tapestry of deceit. And Wiggum's like, huh? He looks out the window and he sees Lisa and Skinner just taking photos, dries himself, dries to sweat with a steak. <laughs> he's, he's panicking here. He's worried because he's, he's, whole, he's whole. Well, I feel bad for Wiggum because he didn't know this was a hoax. He, he deserves no. to. He deserves this. He, he did like a good you, job. Like you said, he, he rolled up his sleeves and he put in the hours. I mean, not not everyone would have got the chintzy pop thing. No. That's, that's good police work. It was good. But that's what I thought I liked the most. It was actually solid. He didn't luck into it. It was solid police work that got the job done. But Wiggum yes. then gathers everyone up in the cell at, at the prison. 
And he's like, well, she's, she's going she's gonna to ruin the whole thing. Leave Maggie to me. <laughs> and the little hanger <laughs> thing with all the money on it. No, no, it's Lisa. And Homer's like, oh, well, we're screwed if it's Lisa. And Kirk says, no, I, can't, I don't want to go back to the apartments. I love it in prison. I get three meals a day. I got desperate chicks wanting me. And Wiggum says he's printed 10,000 business cards. They're all in a state of panic. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that uh, uh, Cookie Kwan sign outside was make me an offer. <laughs> oh, is that what it said? I like she's that, a real yeah. estate agent. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Bart says he knows where Lisa can find the right person who's going to be able to prove their story is, is false. So he said, let's go cover, cover our asses. And Wiggum says he's got jackets made of, of um, for, for, for their little, their little thing. <laughs> Conspiracy. You must never wear them. <laughs> I reckon we should get four finger discount bomber jackets made up. Ooh, that'd be cool. Maybe we could form some sort of club. The Pod Pals. Yes. <laughs> Why don't we do that? That'd be fun. Lisa yeah. and Skinner are now at Alcatraz's house, and they ask if they can see some video footage of his last concert. And he says he's got a two hundred two hundred inch plasma TV. Oh, plasma TVs! Those were the days. <laughs> uh, in his shoe closet, they all start laughing. They go then. They see the footage of Bart singing the rap against Homer. Uh, we need to verify what time and exactly what date. But yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> I just love the Flavor Flav's clock with the Thursday the 20th gold <laughs> chain. A really nice little touch there. And Wiggum then bursts in the door and um, he's got his gun. They all turn their guns on him. Unfortunately, Wiggum's gun is unloaded. Um, so he's going to have to go back to Baltimore now to sell ribbon with his daddy because he's going to lose his job. I'm not sure they'd fire him. Surely it's not his fault. <laughs> he's like... Uh, I think given the nature of... Uh, Springfield. <laughs> yeah, this the way things operate in Springfield, someone's got to take the fall and it'd probably be Clancy. <laughs> Bart says, everyone is now happy now with the lie. You know, everyone's life is better as a result of this lie. And Lisa's about to interrupt, love the lie. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa says, the way I was raised by mum, you know, the truth can't be swept under the rug. It's just like, Lisa, can't you just be fucking cool for once in your life? Yeah. Everyone is happy now. What is yeah. your problem? No, your life is in no way impacted by this. What the hell is your problem? Alcatraz explains it really well about the grey area. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's it's not black and white. It's just, you know, just be cool. Sometimes it's okay to live in a little bit of a lie. If everyone's life is better as a result and it's not hurting anybody, what's the fucking problem? It doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, Homer accidentally then smashes the TV, but then Skinner asks for Alcatraz to share his wisdom of the street, as you were just saying then. There are times in life when the truth ain't black nor white, but a subtle shade of grey, yeah? I want the path for justice is obscured by the fog of uncertainty. There is only one solution. House party! And the, the, the ending here felt very, very, we don't have a way to get out of this. Mm. Let's just throw a house party. This ending worked with the uh, Larry Burns episode because it was a play on the film. On Caddyshack. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this one here just felt very much... I know what they were going for here, where it's just, you know, a lot of famous rappers we at the saw time so just many have big house parties, parties. No, no cares in the world, smash things, who gives a fuck, we'll just buy a new one kind of mentality. But I need some sort of closure, and we didn't seem to get it in this episode. <laughs> we certainly did not. No, so the ending was, a, was, the ending was very weak, but overall, I, I think the Wiggum story for me, just it was enough for me to give this a thumbs up. I, I really, really enjoyed the Wiggum story. Yeah. No, the Wiggum story was fantastic. I mean, as I said, the whole core of it, the whole ep- the whole core of the episode was just fine. Just, you know, better than fine. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it was just bookended <laughs> because they wanted to get 50 Cent into an episode. How can we yeah. do that? And look, I wouldn't even mind a, a Simpsons episode that revolved around hip hop and, you know, could have had... Uh, Community outrage with someone when somebody think of the children, even though Helen Lovejoy is no longer with us. But is she not? Oh damn it! I'm thinking of more more Flanders. I'm just Flanders. like, when does she die? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, so I mixed up my religious ladies. <laughs> um, yeah, and have a bit of a sort of furor about oh, hip hop is infecting the white bread suburbs or something like that. Yeah, these were two great tastes that didn't quite taste great together. But yeah. and you can tell with the, you can tell by the way they weren't able to come up with a conclusion. Yeah, pretty much. So. I mean, even the whole bit with uh, with Chalmers as well. With why the are they still on. doing these? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, and that felt like I'm showing my age here, but I mean, I wasn't even around for these. But it's like. There were all these movie comedies that came out in like the late 60s, early 70s, where it's like, you know, about the generation gap. And, you know, it invariably end up with some out of touch old timer sort of like 
you know, doing a groovy dance and just looking like an absolute idiot as they tried to sort of, you know, keep up with the kids. Mr. And this is what, <laughs> yeah, this is a bit what that felt like. It was like, I know they're making fun of me, but still. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's because yeah. my wife's sick and I'm like, oh man, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, just, I don't like it when, the, the whole joke of that is that he's belittling himself so that he can make money mm. to help his sick wife. I'm like, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, just in what world did you think we're going to slide this joke in here in the credits? Like, what? Yeah. If you're going to say something like that, just say if you need to mention, have you seen what come in? <laughs> you know how much you get paid? I get paid even less, yes. or something like that. I yeah. mean, that's not. A, that's very much a first draft of that gag. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mister Davis? Uh, that rudeness to hose should not be tolerated. It should not, indeed. I learned that only use an oven. To bake if you plan on cooking while staging a phony kidnapping. <gasps> Wise move. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for the new name championship. The current leaderboard stands at this. In third position on six points, we have D.L. Gorman. In second position on nine points, we have Luke McKay. And in first position on 15 points, we have Philip Hawkins. All right, Mr. Davis, take it away. What do we got this week? Let's begin with honourable mentions. Let's do it. Okay, we got two of them today. In honour of uh, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, uh, get ticks or try lion. I like that. That is from Matt Leewold. Thank you for sending that in, sir. Nice one, Matt. Uh, another honourable mention, hustle and dope. Ooh, that, one's, that one's very clever. It is clever. Oh, <laughs> I wonder who came up with it. <laughs> Would it be Clever Kyle? It is Clever Kyle, yes. <laughs> Kyle's probably getting jack of that, uh, of, of this uh, particular thing that we've given his name. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it because it keeps amusing us. If it doesn't amuse you, let us know, Kyle. But anyway, right. honourable mention to Kyle for Hustle and Dope, a play on the great hip-hop movie Hustle and Flow. Uh, one point goes to Kid Rapping. Ooh, Kid Rapping. Nice title. It comes from our man, Luke McKay. He got the one point this week. He's done it again. He's climbing his way back up that ladder. And uh, two points. Clearly in tribute to uh, the great Endu MWA album, Straight Outta Compton. We got Straight Outta Springfield. Yep, which would have worked very well. Um, th- and this was used twice. This was set by two different people, but I went Correct. with the person who posted it first, which was Heath Appleby. Unfortunately, Jordan Seville, I know you posted it, but as we mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago, if you post a title that's already been mentioned, you don't get the points, unfortunately. So, Jordan Seville, I know you posted it, but the two points this week go to Heath Appleby. Nice one, Heath. And three points go to... N-W-A, which stands for New Wiggum Aptitude. I like that. Very good. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it's from our man, Billy Fox. So, well done, Billy Fox. I think that might be his first three-pointer ever. So, well done. Oh, whoosh. Nothing but net for Billy Fox. That means the leaderboard now stands at this. Uh, In third position, still have D.L. Gorman on six. Luke McKay in second position still is climbing his way up. He's gained a point again on Phil Hawkins. He's on 10 points. Phil Hawkins, five points clear in first position on 15. In fourth position as well, but due to those points, Heath Appleby and Billy Fox are now outright so, or, or sharing, but those two are now in fourth uh, position, both on five points. Remember, to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, just going to be a $1 plus patron, and you can join in the fun and potentially win yourself a prize at the end of the season. All right, it is time for some mailbag. Mailbag. Mail. All right, first question here comes from Harrison McClure. He says, if you could have dinner with three rappers, dead or alive, and all beefs between them put aside, who would it be? Well, I don't know three rappers, so (laughs) I I honestly don't know. But Andrew JP says he would like Eminem, Mike, Shinoda, and Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg would be fun to have a chat with. He just seems like he'd just be open for anything. He's He's just there for fun. He does seem very chill. I like iced tea a lot, so I think I'd have iced tea in there. Uh, Flavor Flavor, I think, would keep things interesting. Iced tea, I'd be all about just asking questions about um, Olivia Benson. (laughs) (laughs) Iced tea, ice cube, and... um, Vanilla ice, same on theme. And (laughs) vanilla ice. Yeah. (laughs) What about MC Hammer? No, I think I'll pass on Hammer. Who sings uh, Jump Around? What's that band called? Oh, House of Pain. Yeah, you get House of Pain and you'd be all about it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd be terrified. <laughs> they'd, they'd take all my shit and I'd be like too scared. Like, eh, take whatever you want, guys. 
<laughs> I just bought that laptop, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, you do you want the the roadcaster? You know, for for mixing some new tracks. That's fine. Don't tell Dando. Don't tell Dando. <laughs> Oh, we're going to see Dando next. Yeah. yeah. Noah Daniel says, uh, if you were Bart's age, what band would you sneak out of the house to go see? So well, let's go back to when we when we mm. were 10. So when I was 10, I would have snuck out of the house to go see the Spice Girls. What about you? I would have snuck out of the house to go see Kiss. Okay, Kiss. Yeah, cool. I would have done anything to see Ginger Spice in the flesh. <laughs> I was 10. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they came to Melbourne, I was so disappointed I didn't get to go meet them. I was just, I was all about the Spice. I'm not all about the Spice Girls. I just remember like, I was just in love with Ginger Spice. I just yeah. loved Ginger Spice. Well, you're a man of taste. Because, yeah, Ginger, <laughs> Spice, Ginger Spice wasn't deadly. Oh, Ginger Spice, what are you doing later? What are you doing after the show? Heath Appleby, did either of you sneak out of home as a kid to go see something or to go to something that you were banned from? I don't think I ever snuck out of home. I threatened to run away a few times and got to like the letterbox. There was one time. <laughs> there was one time I did run away, and my idea of running away was my nan Marlene lived about ten houses up the street, and I ran away to nan's house. That's about the furthest I ever ran away. I don't know, but you feel like I feel like you would have been someone that would have snuck out when you were a teenager. Um, no, not really. I was a bit of a bit of a scaredy cat. In okay. all honesty, I um, thought you would have been a rebel without any sort of cause. No, 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 no. I was I was a little wuss. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really sort of go into any to any house parties or anything like that until yeah, probably was about seven, yeah, seventeen or eighteen. Okay, and even then I didn't sneak. It's like oh, there's a party tonight. Can I go? <laughs> At which point they were like, pick me up at twelve, maybe uh, <laughs> ten, make it ten. <laughs> it might get scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the music gets louder at nine thirty. I don't like it. <laughs> People were smoking cigarettes. Jacqueline Banks, can you mention me just because I'm listening through all the episodes and it'll be a lovely surprise when I finally get to this one. Okay, yeah, so Jacqueline Banks, I think she just recently became a patron and she recently discovered the podcast, so she's gone back through our old episodes in order. So she's going to take a while before she gets up to this one, but there you go, <laughs> Jacqueline Banks, you finally got your mention on the podcast. <laughs> Let me just say it one time for the those in the back, Jacqueline Banks. Yeah, all the way down to the banks. Take that to the bank. Cameron Shields, is there anything that you have ever done that has made you stop and think, I am so old or I am so uncool? For him, it was when he created a Vine account back in the day. He had no idea what Vine was, but his friends who were around five to ten years younger than him told him that all the cool kids were on it. And for some bizarre reason, I succumbed to their peer pressure. Okay, it happened on the weekend. It happened on the weekend. So we went out for dinner at this lovely Italian restaurant in Southgate. I, it was called... La Camera, I believe. It's an Italian mm-hmm. restaurant. It was fucking so great. It was delicious. The guy who served us was one of the owners, I believe. He was a lovely man. And it's funny because, you know, I said to Nicola, you know, you're in a proper Italian place when old Italian blokes rock up in a crew. You know, yeah. you know, it's it's authentic. That wouldn't be happening. And I walked, <laughs> when I walked in, I was like, these guys look straight out of casino. It was awesome, right? And then- the, the guy started saying something to him. I was sort of having a big laugh. He took a photo. And then the, the, I say the waiter, he looks like the owner comes to us and he goes, that's um that's the former Italian World Cup soccer team. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who they are, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> but but um, but yeah, so we're having our dinner and we're so looking forward to going to Bartronica in Melbourne. The arcade bar has a various range, a huge range of old school arcade machines. There's a bar as well, blah, blah, blah. So I was super excited to, to go there after our dinner. We finally find the place and we get downstairs to it and it's just full of young people and we look at each other, we don't even say a word and we just walk out. And <laughs> in that moment, I realized I am old. I was like, it's too cramped. It's too noisy. I don't like this. Let's leave immediately, go home and lay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dando's old man moment happened uh, a few days ago. Mine happened about a few minutes ago when I got all jazzed about the sting coming to a day on the green. Fist pumping and, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> remember, in Whack, remember in Whacking Day, guys, when the guy rocks up with the um, with the big army tank and he's like, yay, that was Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a couple more questions. Matt Leewald, have you ever been in a situation where you got so deep in a lie that you had to just write it out? If so, how did it end? I don't know if I want to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> who who did you lie to? Oh, everyone. Well, uh, uh, a lot of people. <laughs> okay. I feel like we can um, incriminate ourselves by going further with these stories. Maybe we shouldn't. 
Yeah, probably not. Yes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's for, that's that can be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> so that's for Matt, the Zoom Matt, call. Matt becomes a hundred dollar patient to request we tell him the lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much yeah. It's in it's in keeping with this episode as as Matt pointed out. Uh, that's for the Zoom call if anybody wants it. <laughs> all right, final question here. I like this one. Ian Ashley asks, "Can Guy Davis do a rap for us all?" Maybe that can be your final words. You got your final words today can be a rap. What do you reckon? Make something up while I do the final spiel. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Yep. Yeah. I'll right. do my best. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll I'll do the spiel. You whip something up. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been our review of Prankster Rap. I'm just looking at Guy now, just trying to create this genius rap in his I'm, mind. <laughs> it's I'm, gonna be great. I've just realised I'm putting my I'm putting my finger to my head with, and I've got the same glasses on that te- that uh, Homer's Home. got on when he steals Henry Kissinger's glasses. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a right angle. That's a right triangle. You idiot. (laughs) But, uh, yes, that's been our review of Prankster Rap. Hope you guys enjoyed. The next episode we're going to be reviewing here on Four Finger Discount is There's Something About Marrying. No idea what that one's about either. I'm enjoying the fact that we're in the era now where I can't remember what the episodes are about because it feels like I'm giving a fresh uh, review, fresh perspective on this episode. So I'm looking forward to checking out that episode. Don't forget, guys, please continue to follow us on Instagram. There's plenty of new content going up daily now on our Instagram page and Twitter. So we're at Four Finger Pod on Twitter and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. We finally hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. So round of applause to everybody who jumped on board and hit follow this week. We do appreciate it. And also check out our YouTube channel. You're going to really enjoy the content I'm chucking up there now on a weekly basis. I've got, as I said, quit my job. So I've got plenty of time now to chuck up new videos, whether it be top tens, reviews, all these all these reviews, all our podcasts now go up on the YouTube channel as well. I'm also going to be filming some stuff of, of all my Simpsons collectibles. I'm going to be doing a video uh, this week, I'm unboxing the new uh, Treehouse of Horror comic book collection, the volume one that I got for my birthday. I'm going to be unboxing that and giving a review on that. I'm also going to be doing a, a video on those old school, you old school 90s kids will remember these. You would have seen them in the video shop, the the, the Simpsons VHS collection. They're all white covers. And there was like <laughs> those episodes from season one and season two. I'm going to be doing a little review on all those, just showing them off, just a little trip down nostalgia lane of old Simpsons collectibles. So follow us on YouTube as well. It is uh, just youtube.com slash TV. Go on there and hit the subscribe button. We want to boost up those subscribers. We haven't quite hit 15,000 uh, subscribers on there yet, but I guarantee you with all the new content on there now, we're going to boost those subscribers. But thank you all guys once again for listening to our review of Prankster Rap and just for listening to the show in general. We do appreciate all of your support. And if you do have a spare couple of dollar dues in your your pocket at the end of the month or the beginning of the month support us on patreon patreon.com slash four finger discount the more patrons the bigger the smiles on our lovely ladies faces which means <laughs> we can do more podcasts and put them in your ears we this is the passion project that i want to build into an empire and you guys are the gold ticket to doing so so thank you to everyone who has already jumped on board patreon and to everyone who's going to hopefully do so this week as well i do appreciate you all but for now mr davis this has been a review of pranks to rap next week is there something about marrying any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Yo, don't be a chump and listen to some rando. Just get your podcast from Guy and Dando. Other suckers are down for the count. Just listen to Four Finger Discount, yo. Wow, we. He did it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was actually really good. Consider you had about fucking 30 seconds to think of it. Well, well played, sir. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> ice, ice, baby. <laughs> Shh.